listening to Skylight, the Skylight Books podcast. Skylight Books is a general interest bookstore in the Los Feliz neighborhood in Los Angeles. You can shop with us from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. or visit us online 24-7 at skylightbooks.com. Follow along at Skylight Books Instagram and Twitter. You can subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Thank you for listening, and now on to the episode. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome to Skylit. This is the Skylight Books podcast, and I'm your host, Natalie Freeman. Today, we're so honored to welcome Mansour Adoifi to read from his new book, Don't Forget Us Here, Lost and Found at Guantanamo. And after that, he'll be in conversation with Antonio Aiello. Before I introduce them, I wanted to remind you that Skylight Books is open for in-store browsing, and you can shop online 24-7 at skylightbooks.com. Mansoura Doisi was writer, advocate, and former Guantanamo detainee held for over 14 years without charges as an enemy combatant. Doisi was released to Serbia in 2016, where he struggles to make a new life for himself and to shed the designation of a suspected terrorist. He has published several New York Times pieces, including a modern love column. He contributed to the graphic anthology Guantanamo Voices and the scholarly volume Witnessing Torture. He participated in the creation of the award-winning radio documentary, The Art of Now, Guantanamo, for BBC Radio and the CBC podcast, Love Me, which aired on Radiolab. Regularly interviewed by international news media about his experiences at Guantanamo and life after, he was also featured in the PBS Frontline episode, Out of Gitmo. In 2019, Adolfi won the Richard J. Margolis Award for nonfiction writers of social justice journalism. He is also one of the Sundance Institute's 2020 Episodic Lab Fellows, through which he is working to bring Don't Forget Us Here to television. And he graduated today. <laughs> yes, today is a yes. big day, guys. We are working for today for 20 years. Around the, I like, listen, that guy went around the world in 80 days. I went around the world in 80 years. But the only thing he found his sweetheart but i haven't i haven't found my sweetheart hey if you can hear me let you know i'm searching for you <laughs> and antonio aiello is a writer editor and storyteller formerly the content and web director at pen america he worked closely with mansur to help develop the manuscripts written at guantanamo into don't forget us here together they are working to develop a tv show inspired by the book as fellows in the sundance institute's prestigious episodic lab he lives in new jersey Thank you both so much for being here today. Thank you yeah, for having thank us. You. Thank you for having us. Hey guys, thank you for listening to us today. And I hope we can, you can enjoy the show. I will start with the song. I would like to welcome you all. That song we used to sing at Guantanamo for the brothers who came from interrogation, especially for the brothers who arrived from uh, Antonio, brothers who arrived from uh, Bagram or Gandahar or from other parts of the world when they brought them to Guantanamo. They used to put them in... Uh, like they were hooded, beating, like spent hours, days on the airplanes. So when they arrived in the camp, we already know the movement, like these uh, in the camp. So we start all the blocks. Imagine, and when camp, there was like around at least at least two hundred uh, brothers. 
So everyone come, haba haba, bilija bilija, ya marhaba, bilija bilija, haba haba, bilija bilija, ya marhaba, bilija bilija. So uh, the translation is uh, welcome, welcome by the one who come, welcome, welcome by the, by the one who come. So uh, when the brothers, you know, imagine shackled, hooded, beating, like when it's like, wow, they heard, they, they could hear the song, you know. They said, okay, this sounds so good, alhamdulillah. Like sometimes they thought, okay, those people enjoying, enjoying themselves at the beach or like in some kind of play, you know, like they thought we are like in vacation. So, <laughs> but when they arrived at the cage, they would take the hood, like, well, we heard you sing. We welcome you guys. They said, okay, at least we heard something nice. Like they're so tired, then imagine them in the cage. I was like, we thought that like this. We tried to make things for you guys. Alhamdulillah, that you arrived safely and you can enjoy yourself here. I said, okay, in case. I mean, the, I mean, you know, this is the first thing the impression that the song. Imagine Antonio you're flying from New York to Washington to space to jump some galaxies. You arrive <laughs> at Guantanamo and someone sing for you. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> It'd be amazing, and to hear it echoing no, and it, booming throughout the entire. Yeah, you're like be you're being like you're being beating, you know, uh, no sleep, no eat, like follow. You need to get pee, you need to use a toilet, but you arrive, someone welcome in your own language, in your own words. Yeah, <laughs> and by so many like, voices. I remember like, you, one of the you played that like, for me. You know, one of the brothers said like, I thought it was a joke that American were making joke with us. You know, like they said, you know, they they flew us and they like a joke, but he's like when they took the hood and look, it's cages. And people sing, like, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, am I dreaming? I'm like, has uh, uh, you know, like, has, uh, uh, how you say, oh, am I dreaming or uh, uh, hallucinating? I said, no, 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 <laughs> you're per perfectly right. You are who you are. You're, you're at Guantanamo. And I remember yeah, so you, you, uh, you played a recording for me of all the brothers singing that, and it's, and it, it, as well as you sing it, by yourself and one of these days i swear to god i will sing it with you when i know the words but it's this amazingly powerful you know chant that when you have all those voices together it booms and echoes and it's gorgeous yeah yeah um, uh, it it came so, it came it came for years and years and uh interrogators yeah. and uh guards took us at a challenge you are challenging them we're not challenging yeah. them we just we try to survive you you know yeah. some things that try to you to make things like change the mood or escape of those moments you try to escape of the pain of the mistreatment or also for the people who is usually go to interrogation or torture or being moved to another block or other camps, there's another song. I will sing it by the end of the right. program. Yeah. So we can say bye to our viewers. Because I'm yeah. sure going to take next time with our new- uh, we'll, anyway. we'll, we'll finish it off with that. Because I think the that's- question, that's the, a... question, the question, Antonio. Yeah. Have, well, you ever, actually, have, you, have, have you ever thought that a detainee one day from a, would, would sing for you? <laughs> no, no I, I, no, I never did. Never, never in my wildest dreams. Nor did I ever think that I would, I would, it would happen to me almost daily that I would get like these daily, you know. <laughs> okay. Have you ever thought a detainee would dance for you too? I, I dance for you sometimes. No, I know you've danced for me too. And, and one of these days I'm going to learn Albara from your, from your, uh, from your tribe <laughs> and I will dance the Bara with you too. <laughs> it's it's absurd. No, and I never thought I'd be I'd be thrust into this crazy world. But I but I think you did a good setup. And what I'd like to do now is is I'd like to read a little bit from the book. And it's the section um, that that I remember working on very explicitly with 
explicitly with you. And it's about um, kind of how you guys brought uh, these moments of, of humanity and lightheartedness and levity in, into Guantanamo, um, into a place that nobody would, uh, I think, ever imagine there being any, any pranks or jokes. Um, but I think it gets at kind of the craziness and the upside down world of Guantanamo that you lived in. And then we'll jump into a conversation after that. Does that sound good? Yeah, go ahead. Jump. All right. Fly. I'm going to fly. Need, I'm going to fly. Do you need any shackle or hood or orange jumpsuit or any no, kind of like... No, but but I should buckle up. Yeah, buckle up. Hey, guards, can you please... Can, <laughs> can you escort him to Guantanamo? Yeah. So, no, the small sign, beat me. Oh, no, no. You know, kiss me. <laughs> no, please. please. <laughs> imagine, imagine, Antonio. And instead, they're like, imagine, imagine. Instead, they, be, they like put a sign around your neck, beat me, kiss me. Yep. <laughs> and you get kisses all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially if they're like female guards or soldiers, uh, you get a lot of kisses. You'll enjoy but, it. Oh. <laughs> you have, have to tell me that. I wasn't, I wasn't lucky enough. They give, they give me a sign, beat yeah. me. Yeah. You didn't get the kiss me sign. Well, no, no. <laughs> All right. All right, here I go. And uh, don't laugh when I do when I do some of the voices because I'm going to do um, Hamza. Okay. Uh, or, if okay. You, or if you want to, you can jump in and do it. So sit back, Montour. You buckle up while I read your story. All right. Uh, Guantanamo was an upside down world where nothing made sense. And that's the way the interrogators liked it. It was a place where salt was more valuable than gold. Daylight is, existed only in our dreams. Iguanas had more rights than we did, and the rules changed every day. We weren't allowed to know the time, but time is all we had. Day after day, in a never-ending cycle of interrogations, where the interrogators tried to outsmart our supposed advanced counter-interrogation techniques, and every second they couldn't meant the United States was under imminent threat of another catastrophic attack. It was a place where they'd rather believe lies than truth, so long as it, was, it supported what they already believed. If our lives weren't at stake, it would have been kind of funny. But the interrogators and camp admin took whatever we did or said very seriously, no matter how ridiculous it was. At Guantanamo, even the most absurd jokes had real consequences. That didn't keep us from joking around though. Our jokes could be innocent distractions or a dangerous game, depending on who is in on the joke. Either way, it was something to do, and sometimes the only thing to do when we weren't waiting around for the guards to harass us or the interrogators to kick our asses. Our jokes were the only things we could control and the interrogators couldn't take that away from us. It reminded us that we were human. The Americans were scared of us and we could use that against them, often with unexpectedly delightful results. One of those storming nights during Guantanamo's rainy season, a Yemeni brother had a cold and was performing incantations known as rukayas over his water bottle as a way to heal himself. Oh, Some brothers, I go to the Thunder huh? Girl. <laughs> Am I gonna... <laughs> yes, we're gonna do Thunder Girl. Oh my God, um, he's going to kill us. <laughs> you, you can play her. Um, Some of the brothers did this instead of asking the interrogators for a doctor. They recited short surahs from the Holy Quran or Allah's beautiful names over their water bottles or cups, then blew into them and then blew into the water. Then they drank the water or passed it on to the brothers who were feeling sick. New guards were usually confused by this, no matter how many times you tried to explain it to them. They were told all kinds of things about the camp admin, by the camp admin when they first arrived, like that we were all crazy killers and religious extremists, but they never told them about the Rukayas. One of the new guards noticed this brother had covered himself with a sheet and was holding a water bottle to his lips and whispering. 
Like all of us, his brother had really long hair and a beard. He couldn't cut them. And maybe he looked just a little bit scary. Yeah, this guard watched him for a long time. It is part of framing. What do you think? They're bringing the worst of the worst. You have to fit the profile. Long hair. (laughs) Yeah, you had long hair, beard. You hadn't been shaved. Big mustache, and like you just. And for for no for the guards too. Imagine the guard. Those guards never saw people like this before. Yeah, they came to Guantanamo. They were also they used to scare the guard for training facility. Guards have like some uh, how you say. uh, uh, masks yeah. with big hair and long uh, beard. They scare each other in the in the FCE team when they train. I saw it. So imagine in their image, though, scary people. Good. Right. So they so they had their wigs and their beards. So so this guard was was terrified of you guys, um, and she was already nervous. She was already scared, and it was lightning and storming outside. And here's this crazy guy with long hair and a beard whispering over his water bottle. So the guard, uh, the guard looked at him for a long time, really nervous. Lightning flashed, and his brother recited his verses louder and louder, and then the thunder clapped. What's he doing? The new guard asked. What language is he speaking? He's performing an Islamic healing, Othman said. Othman was always trying to help the guards with his English, even if it wasn't helpful. Hamza called the new guard over to his cage. He had a wicked smile, and I knew he was going to cause some trouble. Our brother here is a sorcerer, Hamza whispered. <laughs> <laughs> He's calling his jinns for help. What are jinns? The new guard asked. She was really scared now. Jinns are demons, demons, Hamza said. They both looked down at their block, at the, at the brother reciting the Quran into the water bottle. Demons, the guard said. You know, Hamza whispered. Shape-shifting spirits made out of fire and air, like Aladdin. He's just summoning the two thunder genie who controls thunder and lightning. All of the blood drained from the guard's face. Hey, brother, Hamza called in Arabic. I told her you're a sorcerer. I told her you're calling your thunder genie to help you. With the next lightning flash, the sorcerer recited the verse even more loudly and now rocked back and forth. This is what like our movie now, Antonio. Huh? Like, this is for the we movie? are watching this our movie. This our theater now. Yeah. Like everyone looking <laughs> because you have nothing to do. And those guards were really uh, told those bad people, like everything, if they're able to fly airplanes to the building and destroy everything and upside down, what they capable of. So they told him all kind of things about us. So in their mentality, anything, 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 you know, they're like anything professional, professional, uh, professional, And trust them, they are lying, they speak multiple languages. So for us, when the new guards came, it was like our theater now. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. The new guard watched him closely. When the thunder clapped again, she jumped and muffled a terrified cry. Crazy lightning flashed and the sorcerer spoke louder. Thunder hit once, twice, three times in a row, each time closer and closer, louder and louder. Oh my God, she cried. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. The new guard ran to the block sergeant and told him what was going on. Soon the sorcerer had a big audience of guards watching his performance, all freaking out as he spoke louder and louder. Lightning flashed, thunder rumbled. It seemed to be on top of us and all around us. Tell him to stop, the sergeant called it Hamza. But the sorcerer kept talking. He kept rocking. Thunder kept clapping. This guy's crazy, the guard cried. He's going to kill us all. He was such a good performer. Even some of the brothers were worried now. Oh. Did he? Re- <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Ooh. You can see the hair <laughs> of the face. Like intentionally when the like the, the third the thunder hits, like no 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 like in really really scary voice. It's <laughs> like oh my god, my god, my just going to class. Stop, stop, stop! Like she ran to the watch commander, like <laughs> so like for us. <laughs> just watching and laughing. <laughs> so, so he goes on. Um, did he really have a thunder genie? The sergeant called the watch commander. And when he saw what was going on, he shouted at the sorcerer to stop, or he'd call an immediate reaction force team to make him stop. Our brother stopped. He'd finished his incantations anyway. He took his sheet off his head and calmly handed the commander his water bottle. He was a good actor, this brother. The thunder didn't stop, though. It lasted all night long, and so did our laughter. The new guard got a new nickname. We called her Thunder Girl, and the sorcerer got over his cold, but of course he was punished. He wasn't allowed to have a cup for three months. For three months. So I think, I think you know, the reason why I like that, starting off with that story, is because it's, it's this weird upside-down world where... Um, like the unexpected happens. I think people have these perceptions that Guantanamo was full of Islamic fundamentalists, but then you realize after the fact that they really were, you know, there were 780 guys there and they were from all over the world. And, you know, they were dreamers. They, they were you know, uh, Sufis. They, they believed all Antonio, this like, Here is what happened. After a few months, when that girl yeah. left, uh, left with us for months and months, when she, when she used to come to talk to in the blog, sometime like, you got me. You got me. <laughs> like after that, she lies when, because you know those girls become part of part of our life, daily life. Yeah. You know they know they watch us eating, drinking, crying, praying, shitting, whatever, get beaten, get tortured. So, so after a few months, six months, eight months, you guys are smart. You played me. You got me. And sometimes some some of them seek revenge. You know, you know one of the guards we played him one time. We we scared him. That's you know. So what he did, one of the brothers who scared him, we had like flash toilet and the, uh, sometimes they uh, control by the guards. Yeah. So one of the brothers scared him in the middle of the night when he was new. So after a few months, that guard knew everything like just normal people. You know, the brother woke up in the middle of the night, he needed to use the toilet. So he covered himself and he went to the toilet and he flushed, <laughs> he jumped, he jumped. <laughs> What's going on? The guard was laughing, stopping laughing so hard. So the guard actually turned up the 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 the, the volume of the water. Yeah. So when the brother like flushed the toilet, it the, the shot water, up his. It's, it's like shot like in his in his uh his ass. <laughs> it, it, it 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 flushed his butt. Well, so, so, <laughs> so like those kind of like because some of the guard they cannot they you know it's like a friendly way that not to hurt not to hurt anyone. No one get hurt. But yeah. some of the girls, when they when they came, they so scared and like unfamiliar with the place and you know nervous, confused, because they were they were uh, told terrible thing about us. They were right. to, they were taken to the New York to the Ground Zero, then yeah. so, <laughs> to Guantanamo. So we found sometime a chance, you know. Oh, why not have some fun? Yeah. Well, well, that so th this brings up a good point. And I, th I think what I'd like to do is I'd like to, to set up the context. So we all have these preconceived notions, or at least you know, 
many of us do. And I'm really surprised after working on this book with you for three years and having you know known a lot about Guantanamo even before we we started working together, how little people actually know about Guantanamo. And I think people had this idea that if you ended up at Guantanamo, you deserved to be there for some reason. You had done something. You had you were a suspected terrorist. You had been caught on the battlefield. You were an Al Qaeda fighter. You were Taliban. You had the United States had captured you you know, in one of their big stings or something like that. But that's not really the case. It, it turns out that, you know, according to Seton Hall did this report using the government's own documentation, 86% of the men there were cases of mistaken identity or were actually sold to the CIA um, for bounty money. And so there are these amazing cases of, of a lot of men, most of the men there being sold to the US for, for bounty. So can you tell me a little bit about who was there, and and what are some of the mi common misconceptions that people have about Guantanamo? Where did how did you end up at Guantanamo? Yeah, you know, Antonio, like sometimes I'm surprised with people when they like when they heard the name of Guantanamo. First, they they think that you deserve to be there, and you have done something terrible. And at the same time, there is contradiction. When they talk about Guantanamo, oh, it's the worst place, torture, abuses. I said, okay, I mean, but you know, the, uh, one thing is the media. What shape the people's mind and thoughts and opinion? This this big problem. United States actually controls the media about Guantanamo. Secretary place, no one. They give you what they want you to know, unless people came out and talked. But again, the dominant narrative is the government. First, secondly, for example, today I graduate. You know, I people celebrating my faculty, yeah. the faculty dean, the professors. Everyone, we're proud of you. We're happy. When I, even one of the professors cried. She was so happy and proud because. Achievement. I'm her, one of her students, and the faculty dean, uh, Vladimir Tomac, uh, uh, he called me to his office. Nice guy, yeah. and he said, "Monsieur, you know, uh, because my research about rehabilitation and reintegration of former Guantanamo detainees into social life and the labor market, it is the first research in in that field. Not in the not the integration or rehabilitation. There's many programs and studies right. and and so on, but." about those uh, rehabilitation, uh, former Guantanamo detainees and people who uh, actually arrested or imprisoned or kidnapped or sold to the CIA under what they call the war, uh, the war on terror. So <clears throat> when I, I submit my research, I, you know, today I defend my thesis, everyone was there, my professors, the faculty dean himself, everyone was looking okay. So I went to his office, we were talking, he brought me some kind of like juice and water and he said, Mansour, four years ago, you came to our faculty, we were afraid and terrified. They said, are we going to have a terrorist in our faculty? Is he going to detonate himself and kill us? <laughs> One of the professors told him, Mansour, I was in the front line. It's like, I'm the first <laughs> casualty. I was like, I was feeling sad and love at the same time. But again, I cannot blame these people, you know? Again, as you see, so, but Alhamdulillah, my focus was, for the last four years, folks in education, attend the classes and, and so on. So today, you know, I feel like I am I am among my family, professors, faculty right. dean, uh, students, and everyone like open arm congratulations for your graduation. Alhamdulillah, I passed with excellence and I get like the best student of the year. Right. Uh, city of the year, and I get some kind of like uh, re a small reward for uh, yeah. you know distinguishable uh, student and, and, and so on. And look how the misconception uh, four years ago was: people were afraid and scared, and they have a right to be afraid to be scared. But Alhamdulillah, my behavior—I wasn't—I wasn't even aware of that. 
you know, the first day in my faculty, Antonio, when I, when I, the first day I went to the faculty, I was my, yeah. my class, my first class was 10, I went to eight. So I went like, I, I bought bag, like the same mentality when I was like in Yemen. I went yeah. to the market, I bought a uh, bag, I bought some pen and papers, and you know, uh, to write something, I have stickers, everything, <laughs> everything the student have. So I went to the faculty and was, like, was waiting at the gate. Like a small child, like a little child, really. <laughs> <laughs> and when the when the first people came, you know, the student affair, they saw me sitting there and uh, uh, good morning, good morning. And like, what are you doing here? I said, uh, I am a student here. Uh, okay, we know that, but your class. I said, okay, I will wait. And one of, one of the person like Mansura that day, I found like, there's a, a boy sitting there. A boy, not a man. You're like, I'm a man, it's a shame. But, you know, <laughs> my, my focus were like studying and like, you know. So today when they one was talking about, you know, what they expected, where I was behaving four years ago, imagine a man in a boy shape waiting for his class, carrying his bag. I woke up in the early, it was winter cold you have some food in my bag and like snack <laughs> <laughs> and those my professors were afraid i'm going to detain right. them or kill them or like <laughs> like i'm sure they were looking at my bag well like, i'm looking at my food they're looking like it's a bomb there <laughs> guys so this is four years what today was talking we were laughing together i like i said no at the first day that even they said the first day we never forget because the faculty he said i saw like you're early i said yeah i said yes I'm like, I was shy, you know? <laughs> and I was looking at, they were looking at my bag. Yeah. But I was hungry, but like, I'm going to get the, the rest and go to the, the finish the, you know, the, the uh, sometime I go to eat and the, everything was new for me. Yeah. So we were talking about that day, how they were feeling, what they thought, what they were thinking, what I was behaving and thinking. Imagine yeah. how, because there was a gap, Antonio. There was a gap. First, secondly, how we ended up in Guantanamo, like Mania, like as you know, the when the American came uh, went to Afghanistan, oh. they were throwing flyers offering a large amount of money, from five thousand to one hundred to five hundred thousand, Antonio. So, imagine people sold their own neighbors. You know, uh, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iran, many countries, United Arab Emirates, Africa. You know, Bosnia. Every country sold the, the, those people. They weren't captured in the, in the battlefield fighting, holding guns. No, that's not right. That's not true. Right. So when we brought there, we, you know, the Americans, the American government said we brought the worst of the worst terrorists, WOW, you know, and they needed to, to continue the same narrative. Because imagine, you know, George W. Bush launched one of the biggest military campaign in history. He had to tell his people, oh, I kicked their asses. I brought them there. Those motherfuckers, like they should to be there. You know, orange jumpsuit, shackles, hood, you know, barbed wires, cages, we brought them there. So American will feel safe and because the fear, I am your hero. It's, it's, it is fear industry. Right. So when you, when you, when you, when you, let me finish, Antonio, when you arrive there, confusion, what, what's going on there? So after you spent 10 or 15 years, no accusation, no right, torture, abuse in any way. Someone, someone is not convinced with your story. You must have done something. Okay, let us say, my friend, can you use please one fucking cell of your uh, of your brain? Just one fucking cell, just active thing. This guy, 15 years, for example, I am, 
441 منصور I want to use القاعدة كم general القاعدة commander non-even insider recruiter I have bomb NPCs uh, to recruit people money laundering Imagine, do you think United States government would send, would let uh, people, such person to leave Guantanamo? I'm talking about my own file, you know? <laughs> so yep. when, when, I start, when people like, some people um, write a, a review of the book or they want me to admit, yeah. I mean, one of the funny things at Guantanamo, honestly, Antonio, after, after uh, 2010, I used to go to the interrogation Look, look how bizarre. At the beginning, I was in the black site in Qantar detention in Guantanamo. My ass was kicked, I was interrogated, I was tortured, I was beating, everything happened. After 2012, when the black house came, <laughs> I used to go to the interrogation. <laughs> like the new interrogation, because as you know, Guantanamo was used yeah. to train to interrogate. I used to like, what's your name? Adil, I am Egyptian, I'm Al-Qaeda general, I am line of insider, I am a 55th brigade general. No, 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 Mansur, stop doing this. No, why? No, 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 it's bad for you. Don't say that. It's, it's, no, 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 no. You have tortured me, you have beaten me, you have program, programmed me to say this. I'm going to say that. So I was always arguing with the interrogators. They, they want to convince me I'm not that person. I told him I am that person now. So psychologists came to convince you, Mansour, you live in the status of like mental dysfunction, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, 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 no. I am Al-Qaeda commander. I'm not an insider. I'm Al-Qaeda general. That's who I am now. You cannot change that. The psychiatrist said, Mansour, we're going to take you to the BHU and give you fucking shot in your ass. I said, no. And I told him, look, if you want me to say I'm Mansour, I am from him, and you have to send me back to the black side, take my ass again, torture me again for fucking 15 years. Maybe I will, you, will, you will manage that. So... So, when, like, so just be so just to be clear, 20 years ago, we were talking about this earlier. You're not you're not an Al-Qaeda insider. You're you weren't responsible for all these things. 20 years ago, you were 18 years old. You were yes. 18 years old and you you just graduated from high school and you're hoping to go to university. 20 years ago, you were hoping to go to university and do what you do what you did today, which is to graduate. Yeah, so, and Antonio, like my, my journey started, I needed to finish my college yeah. education. This is how it yeah. started. I because in Yemen I couldn't take enough for I needed just a referring letter and some money to start my, to finish because right. I want my, 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 I, I didn't want to be like a tribe older, like, you know, people, I don't like, I want, I wanted like, I have a life to be some, you know, a doctor or a pilot or, um, you know, those kind of really fancy jobs, family and so on. You're from a village <laughs> that didn't have running water or electricity. You wanted to be able no. to like make money and provide for your family when you're older. Education. Like, like until it, that know, day, until that right. day, Antonio, one day I'm going to take yeah. it to, to my village. I hope with the George W. Bush <laughs> to see our village. <laughs> you, guys, you guys can go together. Can you pump some water together? The, the village until they never changed the same. You know, right. today I'm not able to communicate with my family. Right. Because today my, my sister, she is doing her, uh, you know, course in the city because, again, they have, uh, they started a small faculty in the village. Not in village, a few villages, they have small faculty. Right. They study, she studied nursing. But they didn't have equipment. That so she has to go to the to the to the city to do some kind of practicing. And today I sent a message. Okay, tell my my, my mother, my father. I want to make them happy. I passed my yeah. exam, my faculty. I am finished. Excellence. Um, with good, you know, um, uh, great grades. I am the best student for this year. And she said, "Please, can you stop doing this?" I said, "What's wrong with you?" He's look, my result come today. I'm the third in my class. They are so happy. They're proud of me. They may, they like, you are the best <laughs> student ever. You are proud of you. She's the youngest. 
So I said, no, you have to tell them. Like when she said that, like we, I remember when I was like my sister and my brothers used to run home holding our certificates. Who's going to, who's going to get to, to, the, to our mother uh, uh, first to show them like, oh, I pass, I am the first, I am the second. So today, like I, I snapped like, I, okay, again, I, I, I live my, I still live my life. So yeah, Antonio, like as I told so, you, people, people just sometimes, it is, people don't want to think, I told you. People just, right. yeah, you know, you know, by, by judging someone, you're destroying life. You know, that person you try to judge, be try to be fair because if someone has spent 10 15 years try to have some probability he might he might innocent not innocent if you don't want to rush well he might. but if you say he might has done something what the thing he has done okay what what like what right I'm, well i think like, i think the problem i think one of the things that, that i've noticed in in people talking about the book and in some of the reviews that have come out is that there's still this this very prevailing conception that people Again, like I said, did something to, to deserve being at Guantanamo, and that's a, that's been a very uh, good and well executed kind of information campaign by the government to to play up no, the worst of the worst and all this stuff. Yeah, Anthony, in my case, for example, what yeah, the government said, yeah. they said, I, they said, uh, in, in my in my profile, as you like in yeah. the Miami Herald, I, I think you saw it when the. Well, I've seen your profile. They, it's it's crazy. It's, yeah, they it's, said it's totally it, crazy. The, the, they said it's unclear if he actually joined Al-Qaeda, unclear, because they know. Right. And what, the, like they said, none of Al-Qaeda leaders or Al-Qaeda members recognize him as a member of Al-Qaeda. I said, hey, can you at least say I'm Al-Qaeda or I'm not Al-Qaeda? I said, no, we cannot just say we, we detain an innocent man for 15 years. I said, no, you either said he am Al-Qaeda or I'm not Al-Qaeda. <laughs> so, you know, even play, playing with the language. So. Yeah. I mean, as someone for 15 years, you interrogate hundreds of thousands of people and you cannot, you cannot uh, uh, clar cl clarify if this guy's Al-Qaeda or not. They, they knew I wasn't, but at the same time, uh, they told me, we cannot just stay with it and innocent man for 15 years. So people, even those people I told you, when they, they don't use their brain anymore because their brain thought, I'm sorry for this word, because you need to think, my friend, use your, your, yourselves. I'm not against about me. About everyone, about everything. So for me, you know, it's not hurt. I feel I feel bad for them. Why? Because your opinion doesn't affect me. To be honest with you, it is uh, your opinion actually represents you, represents you because it is part of you. I don't care what you think about me, but sometimes you need to be fair with people when you're giving words and opinions and, and and so on. That's it, you know. Or at least talk to me. At least do some research. You know, some journalist. It is. Remind, look, why didn't you talk to our lawyers? Why didn't you try to ask for classified information? Why didn't you, before you, you, you know, in, like for, in Islam, well, before well, any, any yeah. business judgment, you have to listen to both sides and you can decide after that. So someone read the book and he is not sure what's going on there and he wants to just give some kind of, uh, uh, sometimes it's kind of like, I think it is the people, they have like, uh, it's just mental issues. They don't be different or, they, they just, you know, it depends on their mood, if they like you or not. Right. Well, and, and I think there, there's just there's just so much into, into what, how people read the book and what they get out of it. What, what I've noticed overwhelmingly is that people are shocked and surprised, um, not at, at, the, at, the, at your background and how you got into Guantanamo, but what actually took place at Guantanamo. And I think, you know, as far as I'm concerned, and I think how, where a lot of people land on this is that 
there's so much documentation out there nowadays that shows um, that that so many men were sold and were brought to Guantanamo um, who shouldn't have been there, that that's no longer necessarily a case. And the, and the people who are there uh, should be tried. They should be given the chance to be either charged with a crime and, and be able to, to present their case, uh, or they should be let go. I think that the, the day of arbitrary detention without being charged is should should be coming to an end. So, and that, Tony, in that like, sense, it, it, you know, it, 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 it is simple. It is simple. You know, if those people commit commit crime, it is what they mean. The justice system would be should be right. challenge their their uh, uh, imprisonment, charge, or release. That's simple. But right, stripping some them from the from their freedom, and uh, for in the in, in the detention is torture, definitely. Right. So, so we are talking about the country of the United States. Antonio, for example, those people who who are talking about the, the in the like comment reviews, for example, I mean, you should think about Guantanamo. Guantanamo should exist or not? It should. It shouldn't, especially with the country like in the state which believe that it has one of the best right. justice in the world. So when you start mess tipping and messing with the with the with the balance of the of justice, you are creating chaos. You are creating justice. Now Guantanamo. Tell me what Guantanamo is now. Guantanamo is a simple and um, stand for torture. Lawlessness, abuse of power, uh, oppression, indefinite detention. Right. Uh, the island of outside of the law. Let 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 well, let us be let's be honest. Like if some country did this to American boys, kidnapped them, president tortured them, wherever, and indefinitely kept them that way, deprived them of any rights, what would happen? What right. what if that happened to Americans boys? Well, there was out, there was outrage when when there were uh, prisoners of war held in Vietnam. For, for years and, and they were tortured and there was outrage that, you know, prisoner there was a long campaign to war. bring them home. Prisoners prisoners and they were classified as prisoners of war. And, and even, even that, that was one even of the ways that, why Antonio, we got around if, it was if, if not that, classifying if, them. Yeah. Even that, we were not given a prisoner of war. Imagine someone they brought from right. Bosnia, like Lakhbar Boumedian. They brought him from his home, right. from Bosnia. You know, the accusation, it is so ridiculous. He might have the intention to think, to do something about US embassy. It just, Guys, I never ever in history, I, it took me like minutes. I need to understand this new accusation. <laughs> he right. might have the, the intention to think. Think about it. He might have the intention to think, to do, to harm US embassy in Boston. I said, what? This is the first time in history, <laughs> right. guys. Well, they're, they're <laughs> so, grasping, they were grasping for straws. But, you know, but, but I think this brings up a, a, a really important point is, you know, one of the things that I knew a lot about about Guantanamo was what had been documented um, through FOIA requests and through pro, you know uh, you know programs and and things like uh, reckoning with torture and the torture report, which you know flat out documented you know instances of enhanced interrogation and torture that that took place against you know specific uh, detainees. But what was so fascinating and and heartbreaking about you know working with you is that I realized that that was just barely a you know the tip of the iceberg of what actually took place at Guantanamo and that it seems like the media and the way we cover Guantanamo was still very much caught in this loop of really telling the stories of of enhanced interrogation and torture of a few documented cases while kind of skipping past this whole fact that 780 men were held there 86% of them were sold to the United States or were cases of mistaken identity and that you know while they might not have all been waterboarded, daily existence there, the way they were treated, they were harassed, 
really amounts to, you know, a daily sense of psychological and physical torture. So, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about how your book is, you know, sheds new light or, or what's different about your book and how it touches upon what people might not know about Guantanamo? I was touched by the sense of brotherhood and okay, about let's, the let's, sense let's, let's of camaraderie go. and the sense of humanity yeah. in these small moments of Guantanamo. You know, I have a friend. His name is Antonio yeah. Ailo. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he's a, he's a uh -oh. nice guy. But, <laughs> so, right. so uh, hey, Antonio, can you talk to us, please? I'm here with the... Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so here is this. Like, he thought, my friend Antonio, he thought he knew about Guantanamo. He knows what <laughs> he uh, working. He's like, okay, let Antonio, can I ask a question, please? <laughs> before you, before you, before you, you met the, you met the worst of the worst terrorist, a retire uh, terrorist for for one or uh, the commander, not an insider. Right. When you start talking about Guantanamo, you read the manuscript. You start talking. He tortured you for the last three years. <laughs> How your thought, your opinion, your your knowledge, whatever about Guantanamo changed? Is the same? Oh, you're throwing it back at me. So yeah, no, I I, I was. Because I was, I, no, what I'm trying to do, yeah. I'm trying to 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 the yeah. the, 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 the the listener to the, to see how, as uh, as you said, you work in some cases and you you work right. for Ben and cover some. Uh, you you thought you know about Guantanamo, right? So I thought after, I knew a lot after, about. Yeah. After when someone came there, an expert, and you know the worst of the worst came to you and he broke the book. When you start talking and you know torturing for the last year, he put you through a lot of torture and abuses and so on. And if you want to sue me, you have to sue. You have to sue for it. You have to. You have to. You have to sue. Uh, you have to sue uh, the ass of George W. Bush. Then you can see my. So my you can see. You can sue my ass after that. So right. I want to ask you, like, how your thought, right. your thoughts, your opinion, your your knowledge about Guantanamo. I mean, you know, like how it changed. After we, we, it, we it, it changed a lot. I mean, I'll never forget the, the day that, that I talked to your attorney, Beth, and she told me that you had a manuscript and she, you know, she, and she said that, you know, you needed some help putting it together. And I was like, yeah, I'm interested. Send me, you know, send me what you can. And she's like, whatever you do, don't Google Monsoor because what you'll get are his WikiLeaks um, <laughs> profiles. Yes. And you'll, and it'll it'll scares you. It will scare yeah. you. So the, first, so the first thing I did was Google you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to do that. And I, and I pulled up your profiles. And to be honest, I mean, it's it's terrifying. You know, it's you had like 30,000 aliases, you know, that you had every name under the sun. And uh, and you had all these these allegations that were kind of half baked and, and didn't really make sense. You know, like, uh, you know, a, you know, a general and a high value detainee and all these things. And and so I was terrified when I talked to you the first time. And when I talked to you the first time, you completely put me at ease because you were just you're just like this, you know, you you spoke to me you joked around we we talked you were upset that i didn't put you on video so i could we could look at each other in the eyes and i learned right away that like that's a really important part to our friendship but i was i was surprised um at, at but, how but, little but, at, at how little i knew and then what yeah, i started I, I, reading I, the stories you, what you, i'll tell you what, what you read you read about yeah. the boy 18 years old if you just yeah. If you just have a thought, it is like really 18 years old, have this, all this alias, have this information, blah, blah, blah. It, just, it, it didn't make sense. No, and it took a long time for me to understand. Like it took, it took months for me to, to realize for it to set in that you were 18 years old when, when you were, uh, when you were kidnapped. And once, and once I realized how young you were, and once we kind of got into it and I, and I knew who you were and I understood where your, your family was and you, you told me about 
how your father emphasized education, how your sisters went to school and how, you know, like your, you know, small details like your father saying, you know, it's not a matter of if you get uh, good grades, it's, it's that you will get the best grades in class. And, you know, there are all these things that, that didn't add up to being this Al-Qaeda, this you know, battle-hardened uh, Al-Qaeda general from Egypt. Not only that, but, you know, once I dived into, into the background, it's like the dialects from e Arabic from Egypt and Yemen are very different. And the dialect from Rama is very different from what might be spoken in, in Sana. And so all these things started to add up that the United States didn't have interpreters. They didn't have people who spoke Arabic. They didn't have you know, people who understood the, the cultural differences of, of tribal society, of integrity, of, you know, all these things that added up. And that was just the cultural background of Guantanamo. That wasn't even, you know, what actually took place. You know, learning the geography, the camps, you know, how Camp Delta was built, what you guys went through, um, the, the high security, maximum security presence that were built in Camp 5 and yeah. 6, it all blew me away. And, um, and it made me realize how very little, when I talked about this to other people, how little people who thought they were knowledgeable about Guantanamo and politics and policy knew about Guantanamo and how they were okay not knowing a lot about it. And that just made me even more determined to want to tell your story. But I was surprised. I mean, I went through a huge transformation and I'm, I'm amazed at how desensitized I've become to the violence of Guantanamo. I mean, we can joke about- Yeah, it is normal. About stuff. But you know it's it's shocking and it's horrifying. Me. But you and I will will spend you know hours joking about shit that happened. Right, like writing, talking about it, fighting, getting cursing each other, fighting with each other, like yeah. all on, on the on the like uh, realm of, of, of Guantanamo. You like yeah. you can see my walls, you can see my scarf, you can see my my underwear, you can see my pants. <laughs> if I show them <laughs> like orange, orange, like I like one piece, one, two, three, four, five pieces. I can show. I have like, here it is. Uh, see there, one piece, two piece, three piece, <laughs> four pieces there, five pieces, and here, here too. Like it is here, like also my mask, also my pants there. So, I mean, I live here, here. literally, literally. You I live in Guantanamo. Guantanamo. I live in Guantanamo. I have, I haven't, uh, I haven't left yet. Well, she, I, I guess my, my question so, to you is: so will, like, will we ever like, exercise Guantanamo from your life? Yeah, exactly. Because as, as I told you, I haven't lived yet. I'm there. You can see me today in my graduation, like for around and so on, because I haven't lived yet. So part of me is still there, one my brother is still there. But we are trapped in between, like my case and other cases. We are not free. We're not free. Because, you know, yesterday it was a sad day because. I tried to find someone to come to take photo in my my day of graduation. You know, it was so sad. I, yeah. I called a friend. He, he apologized. I'm sick, blah, blah. The others, nobody want to, to come there. Nobody want to. And your family wasn't there. there. Your parents. My, 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 my family wasn't there. So I found one of the students who actually work, graduate and work in faculty as, uh, you know, work and um, master. I said, can you please do me a favor? And I said, okay, I, I will try. I have to talk to the faculty. That's okay. He can. He took some photo. Imagine to the extent, Antonio, in your graduation day, you wouldn't find a friend to come attend your graduation or to take some photo for you. I mean, to the extent. So, for me, I choose to isolate myself because I can't take the pain. If he hurt me, I can take it. I can handle it. But when someone gets hurt because of me, that that's painful. I keep blaming myself over and over and over again. 
not yes, not yes. even today I want to discuss my thesis that what, what's the core of the problem? One of the questions, I said the core of the problems, there was no any kind of rehabilitation or reintegration program for the released prisoners. This is the core of the problem. If you take some people, kidnap them, torture them, abuse them, detain them for 10, 15 years and release them, not release them to the third country where no friend, no, no family, no community, no life, nothing. They, they cannot survive. You know, well, where they're also and, suffering from PTSD and where they have yes, medical issues, where they have all these yes, things that, not, that are not associated just that. with their incarceration. You, 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 our, our cases and files were handed to the secretary of the police who also treat you as a tourist. As, a, as you see in my case, I, I like, I think you read the, how the Serbian media presented me. Again, he's a killer, he's a qaeda, he's a special art, he's a special and uh, and kind of like making uh, uh, explosive. I said, what? Is it like, my faculty was really terrified because how the Serbian media uh, present me in the past. So, yeah, we live in Guantanamo 2.0. No, I, I didn't choose to have that the orange color. I wear it as a symbol, but at the same time, I'm trying to make make a peace with Guantanamo. I don't want Guantanamo to change me, but it does. It, it takes 15 years of my life. I'm trying to recover, try to fight it over. So welcome to our life. And when people come to tell me about what they know, Guantanamo, you don't think about Guantanamo, my friend. I lived it second by second, minute by minute. I, I lived every aspect of, uh, at Guantanamo for, for 15 years. I still live it now with my brothers there, communicate with them, sending letters, fighting for them, right. follow for their cases, and try to help even the release uh, fund, like Isu Hamza, the other brothers, the one who get yeah. deported, and, and, and so on. Like For the last three years, you are with me following every case. So. It is honestly, it is too much to handle. But Alhamdulillah, I have some strength. It's not for me. I'm, 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 I'm weak. I'm nothing. But Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, I have faith. Sometimes when I try to help some people, I get strength. So yeah. I get, I got, I get my strength from helping others. This is my, my, my one of my. Uh, this is my source of strength. Helping others, supporting me, like anyone, regardless. I don't care who, who or she or whatever. Even the alien. Uh, I will help you guys if you come here, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, well, I, well, I think I think that's I think that's a good way to to wrap up because I think when we started working on the book and when I read your manuscript, I think one of the things the goal was to help people understand what really happened at Guantanamo and also to to help give you a sense of not closure but a way to process what actually happened and to put it into a framework that that makes sense and hopefully to give that to not only you but to like to your brothers. And to everyone else who doesn't know about Guantanamo, and that's hopefully what you're doing with the book, and hopefully what you're doing with every conversation that you have. Yeah, you know, I remember Antonio was the what the the first name of the book. Yeah, moments what? from Guantanamo. Moment from Guantanamo. The idea of my book, Antonio, was you remember when like we fought. I told you I do want to put my story, my story, my own story in the book. Yeah, because. I wanted the book to be as about Guantanamo myself. I wanted I want to take the reader inside Guantanamo to see from inside. I like I told I'm going to read the book as a reader, not as a writer, because I'm not a writer. You know, I guess tell the people here our story. Here's the life stories about guard detainees, uh, uh, brothers, cats, iguanas, life, lawyers about Guantanamo itself. How it grows, how it started, how it evolved, how it changed, how it changed people about about everything, so people can have a sense of What's going on? I tried honestly. One of my intentions to confuse the reader. Why? <laughs> because this was Guantanamo. I mean, yeah, you should be confused I, I, because I remember, it, and I was confused. <laughs> yes, 
I like, I said, I like, I said, I'm convinced. I said, this is the goal. I need to convince the reader until he finishes the book. He has to read the book again. I'm like, to make sense of like what's going on there because this one time, nothing makes sense there. So I didn't want like to, to make it bleak. No, I want to write, write about everything because I believe also not just uh, uh, we as the Chinese oppressors were victims of Guantanamo, but also guards and camp staff were victims of that place. And I tried to reflect on the life. There was a life there. That people in the Guantanamo, whether guards or detainees, were part of the world fabric, you know, life. People have ambition, dreams, you know, uh, wishes, people, uh, mother, fathers, not mothers, fathers, sons, uh, husbands, lovers, students, engineers, uh, scholars, divers, mafia bosses, uh, drug addicts, wherever you call them, all kind of people, you know. The young detainee, as you know, three months old, the oldest 105 years old, all kind of people, Antonio. So why, you know, if nothing was wrong about, nothing was or is wrong, or is wrong about Guantanamo, United States doesn't need to keep the place secret, um, place secret. They don't need to be outside of the law, you know? It's just logic. Those who commit a crime, they were involved in some, in some kind of like crimes and, and, uh, and, and so on. What they would do, we, we are going, you know, to put them, uh, prosecute them, opportunity to assist them, and anyone who, uh, anyone who actually accused or have committed some crime should be prosecuted, serve time, or wherever. Anyone who prove his innocence, release him, simple as that. But even that, and now Guantanamo turned to be black spot in United States history. And we are not fighting, we are fighting the idea of the Guantanamo idea, Antonio. It is lawlessness, abuse of power, oppression, injustice, torture, and so on. So imagine when Trump came, he said, I'm going to keep it, I'm going to torture, I'm going. So imagine, because if the ability doesn't exist, and some idiots like Trump, he will never say that because the ability doesn't exist. But when that place exists, someone will get some legitimacy. Another president, yeah, keep that place because what the message? The message, I think, uh, United States government tried to say, we are going to cross any boundaries. We're going to go as far as we, we want when we want. So I hope that Biden is going to close Guantanamo. I hope this, there will be some accountability for the, for what happened at Guantanamo and should be held accountable for like Guantanamo and other places because eventually people deserve justice and yeah. peace can't achieve without justice. Here is Mansour al-Daifi 44441, uh, 441. Also, I would like you guys to sing for your song for before saying uh, goodbye. The song we used to sing for each other when someone go to the interrogation or leave Guantanamo or go to appointment or go for his like torture session. Torture was like a session. Some people go to psychologists for, for treatment. We used to go for torture session, you know, like a beating, strip naked, cold, whatever you name it. Just, okay, what do you like? I'm going to the torture session, brothers. Pray for me. It's, it was like this, honestly, honestly. I know, I know. So okay. we used to sing that song like also collectively. Roh, roh, ma salama, Allah izidak amnu salama. Roh, roh, ma salama, Allah izidak amnu salama. Which means go, go with peace, my Allah grant you uh, more peace and safety. Sometimes we, uh, we, uh, Mark on the uh, on the on the on the door on the like on the bed like <laughs> just so noise like imagine do, 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 yeah do, do, do. it would it would it would pound into your soul you know um, you know sometimes when they're like uh, tour or marriage they they like uh, cause some problems 
we go on the on the, on the bed, we hit the bed in a way like someone like shooting a gun. <laughs> I was going to bring it <laughs> Okay. All right. I think I think I think we're we're wrapping up. That's that's our wrap. With with, machine, <laughs> right. with, with, with handmade machine gun spatter uh, on the desk. Oh, don't say that. I'm going to make this as a terrorist. I'm going to. Hey, John. We are just kidding. You know, I'm saying John because the CIA John is following my ass all the time. Yeah, so they're, they're I always. Hey, John. We almost like finished. This is uh, my hi, friend Antonio. She say hi to you. She's nice. Hi, John. You know, I, I'm telling you, there, there is a conspiracy of taking CIA into like FIA, Female Int uh, Intelligence Agency. Yeah, <laughs> well, thank you both so much for joining us today. I'm glad that I was on mute that whole time because you would have been able to just hear me laughing. Um, really? All of these You're things. laughing? Oh, yeah. I was laughing the whole time. I laughed at- She was uh, laughing. So actually, <laughs> yeah. Okay, you, 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 I mean, how much, how much, you, how, how many times you laugh? You laugh. Um, Let's see, I laughed uh, when Antonio was reading and then when you were acting out uh, the parts of the story. Um, I mean, at least 10 times in the hour. Ten okay, 10, ten times. Time. You owe me, me, me 10,000 calories. Okay, <laughs> wait, to burn or to eat? Can I eat them? No, no, for me, <laughs> I would eat them. Okay. <laughs> Thank you both so much for joining us. For all of our Thank listeners, you. if you haven't had a or gotten your copy of Don't Forget Us Here, you can order your very own copy from Skylight Books. And thank you everyone for listening. We hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon.